We're going to continue this morning our conversation about resilience. You know, we're learning not just from Jesus, but also from, from scientists and from psychologists and sociologists about how we can bounce back after we've experienced a trauma or a crisis, how we can survive and even thrive in challenging circumstances. We that conversation last week as we heard the story of a, a very bad day. Jesus was rejected by the people of his own hometown, the, the people of Nazareth. Today we're going to continue the story right where we left it off last week. We're going to pick up the story in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. The story goes like this. Then Jesus went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A long time ago, when I was a brand new pastor just out of seminary, I was sent to a little bitty country church. And before I went out to that little country church, the district superintendent pulled me aside and he said, look, he said, I got to be honest with you. He said, this little congregation has been struggling for a long time. And there's a good chance that you're going to be the pastor who turns out the lights and locks the front door. That's what he said. What I heard was, go prove yourself, pastor. This is your chance to use everything you learned in seminary about evangelism and outreach and church growth. This is your chance to be part of a resurrection miracle. And so when I went out to that little country church, I went out there with all kinds of energy and enthusiasm and big ideas. And the first test I really had was the first week I was there when I went to a church council meeting. I sat at this church council meeting right next to the chair of the church council. And when the meeting started, the chairperson of the church council, she stood up and she looked at all the other people who were sitting there at the table. And then this is what she said. She said, well, we got a new pastor again. And I guess we're supposed to be excited about that or something. But let me tell you, I've been around this church for a long time. I've seen a lot of pastors come. I've seen a lot of pastors go, and I hope this new pastor of ours doesn't think we're going to get all excited about whatever big ideas he learned at whatever seminary they sent him to. As far as I'm concerned, she said, he's just another pastor. And then she sat down. That's when I knew this was going to be a hard year. But I was determined. I said to myself in that moment, I am going to win over this. They are going to 
love me before this year is over and we are going to do some big and exciting things. We are going to experience a resurrection miracle here at this church. And so I poured myself into ministry at that church. I bent over backwards trying to get that little church to warm up to me. I preached as hard as I knew how to preach. I went to every United Methodist women's function. I brought two casseroles to every potluck. I did everything I knew how to do as hard as I knew how to do it for an entire year. But nothing, nothing I did seemed to stick. The people never did warm up to me. None of my big ideas ever caught on. And finally, after a hard, long, exhausting year, finally we made the difficult decision to turn out the lights and lock the front door. And after that hard, long, exhausting year of ministry, I went and I sat down in the district superintendent's office. We sat across his desk from each other, and he looked at me and he said, Well, Pastor, he said, How you doing? He said, I know it's been a hard year. And I said, Man, you don't know the half of it. I said, I feel beat up and worn out. And I said, The worst of it is I feel like I have let the team down. I feel like I let the congregation down. I feel like I let the church down. I feel like I let Jesus down. I feel like there is something I should have been able to do. I feel like a better pastor would have known what to do to turn that little church around. And the superintendent, he looked at me, he nodded his head. And then he leaned back in his chair and he thought for a minute. And then he said something I'll never forget. He said, they teach you all kinds of interesting and useful things at the seminary, don't they? He said, they teach you about evangelism. They teach you about outreach. They teach you about church growth. He said, but there is one thing they always seem to forget to teach. There's one thing that over and over again they forget to tell you young pastors. And that is the simple truth that sometimes you're going to fail. There are some churches that would reject Jesus himself if he were sent there to be his pastor. There are going to be moments when you find yourself pouring yourself out and bending over backwards trying to reach a bunch of people who have hardened their hearts and closed their eyes and stuck their fingers in their ears. And when that happens, he said, the best thing you can do is to shake the dust off your sandals and keep on walking. The superintendent was right. Nobody told me that in seminary. They taught me all kinds of things, but they never told me that. They never taught me that failure was an inevitability. They never even taught us that failure was a possibility. And I wish somebody had had that conversation with us before we graduated. I wish somebody had told us what Jesus told his disciples when he sent them out into the world. In this morning scripture reading, we pick up the story of the ministry of Jesus at a critical juncture. One day, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, guys, it's time to take off the training wheels. You are ready. I am going to send you out into the world and you are going to do the things that you have seen me do. You are going to preach. You are going to proclaim the good news of God's love. You're going to heal the sick. You're going to cast out demons. And Jesus gathers the disciples together and he counts them off two by two. And then he gives them this word of instruction. He says, I want you to travel light on this journey. The only things I want you to take with you are the clothes that you're wearing, the shoes on your feet, and a walking stick for going up and down the hills. Wherever you go, I want you to rely on the kindness of strangers. When you walk into a village, wait for somebody to show you hospitality. 
Wait for somebody to offer you shelter. Wait for somebody to invite you to the table. And if you find yourself in a village where nobody offers hospitality, where nobody gives you shelter, where nobody will invite you to the table, where nobody will listen to your voice, then Jesus says, here is what I want you to do. Shake the dust off your sandals and keep on walking. Walk on until you find yourself in a place where your voice and your gifts and your ministry are welcome. Jesus, before he sends the disciples out on their mission, Jesus prepares them for the in inevitability of failure. He prepares them for the fact that they are going to find themselves in places where no matter how hard they work, no matter what they do, people are not going to respond to their ministry. Jesus gives the disciples a powerful gift before he sends them out on their way. And one of the things that psychologists who study resilience have discovered is that resilient people, people who have the ability to bounce back after trauma and crisis, people who have the ability to thrive in challenging circumstances, one of the things those people have that sets them apart is they have realistic expectations. They don't burden themselves down with delusions of grandeur. They understand that they have human limitations and that they're not going to be everything to everyone. Jesus, as he sends the disciples out into the world, he says, it is unrealistic to think that you are going to win over every village. It is unrealistic to believe that everybody you meet is going to love you. It is unrealistic to believe that you are going to be able to change every mind. It is unrealistic to believe that you are going to be able to touch every heart. It is unrealistic to believe that you are going to please everyone you meet. Jesus helps the disciples understand before they even start off on their journey that there are going to be people who reject them, people who turn away. They are going to find themselves preaching sometimes to people with their eyes closed and their fingers in their ears. And when that happens, Jesus says, I give you permission to keep on walking. It's a great gift that Jesus gives the disciples before he sends them out on their mission. It's a gift I want to give you today. One of the things that I've learned in my years as a pastor is that pastors are not the only ones who suffer from delusions. We're not the only ones who pile ourselves up and load ourselves down with unrealistic expectations. I can't tell you how many people through the years have sat in my office and told me some version of the same story. Pastor, I have been pouring myself out for years trying to win over somebody who wouldn't lift a finger for me. Pastor, I have been bending over backwards for years trying to move the needle on some situation and no matter how hard I've been working for years and years, that needle hasn't moved an inch. And the problem is, even though it's killing me, even though I am worn out and on the point of burnout, I feel like I can't stop because that's not what Christians do, right? We're the people who never let go of hope. We're the people who believe in resurrection miracles. We're the people who carry the cross and so I I can't quit, can I? If I were to quit, that would be like letting down Jesus. I have had so many people tell me some variation of that story over the years. And this morning, I want to tell you what I have told so many of them. Sometimes the most faithful thing that you can do, sometimes the most Christian thing you can do is to shake the dust off your sandals and keep on walking.
Letting go of a situation, letting go of a person is not the same thing as letting go of hope. The beautiful thing about the faith we have been handed is this idea that when you let go of a person, when you walk away from a village or a situation, God remains in that village. God is still going to be in that situation and God has got the power to do things that you and I cannot do. God can speak to people even when they got their fingers in their ears. God can reach in and touch places in the heart that you and I will never be able to get to. Even when we live a village, even when we leave a situation behind, hope remains, God remains. And so you don't need to feel like you are letting the side down. You don't need to feel like you are letting Jesus down when you walk away from a village where people are not receiving what you are trying to offer. It's okay. It's okay to stop arguing with people on the internet. Some of those people aren't even real people, but you are wearing out your fingers trying to change their minds about all sorts of things. It's okay to stop arguing with people on the internet. And it is okay to stop arguing with friends and family in real life. It's okay to stop trying to convince people about vaccines and about politics when they have made it perfectly clear that they are going to cling to their favorite conspiracy theories no matter what facts or evidence you lay in front of them. It is okay to walk away from a relationship when all of the effort has been flowing in one direction. It's okay to walk away from an organization where your voice or the people you love are not welcome, even if that organization is a church. It's okay to let go of the burden of being angry and frustrated and torn up about things that you can't control. It's okay to let go of the anger you feel when you see people wearing their face masks the wrong way. It's okay to let go of the anger and anxiety that you feel over the buildup of troops on the border of Ukraine. It's okay to let go of the anger and anxiety that causes you to spend all of your time and energy worrying about situations on the other side of the world that you can't do anything about when there are situations right here close to home where you could be doing something. It's okay to shake the dust off your sandals. It's okay to keep on walking. Maybe when you do, you'll discover that the resurrection miracle God has been planning is the miracle you will discover when you finally find yourself in a village where your voice and your gifts and your ministry are welcome. Let's pray. God, help us to know when to walk away. Help us to know when to shake it off. Help us to know when to let go and move on to the next town or village. Help us to believe that when we walk away, you remain. You can do things that we can't do. You have other servants besides us with other gifts than ours. Help us to believe that somewhere out there, there is a place where our voice and our gifts and our ministry will make all the difference. If only we have the wisdom to keep walking until we get there. In Jesus we pray. Amen.